0: Can be seated. Rick is going to teach us from Isaiah 9 6 this morning. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Good
1: morning. I'm going to start with a, a non rhetorical question for you. Um, what is peace? I did say non-rhetorical. That means feel free to to respond. What is it What is what is peace? Not all of something. Not all of something. I don't know what you mean, man. Oh, peace. Oh, I get it. Peace with a with an i, not an a. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think I screwed it up because I had no idea what you were talking about. Um, what, what is peace? P E A C E. Confidence that
0: God is ultimately
1: in charge. Confidence that God is ultimately in charge. All right? What else? What else is peace? A date night. A date night. Yes. Had one of those on Friday. Um, what else? Think, just think outside of 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 church. What what is what is peace? Acceptance, Acceptance. good. Absence of, Absence of strife. Norm, you're a cop. Tell me what what peace means to a cop. Everyone getting along, all right. I want your minds. This is good to start thinking. And the answers you guys have given are. Uh, kind of all over the place. There's, and that, and that, I think that's kind of the point of, of where I want to get to today because peace can mean so many different things. Um, for 400 years, God had been silent. God's people were under oppression and living in exile, scattered around the world. They were under Roman rule, which was brutal and violent and built upon a show of force. And they were their job was to keep God's people in place they were big and powerful and ruthless. And this is who God's people were being ruled by when Jesus comes into the world. Um, there are uh, two words in the, in the Bible that mean peace, that are translated as peace. The first one is in the Old Testament, and it's from the Hebrew. And it's a, Greek word, or it's a Hebrew word named, called shalom. And there's a second word in the Hebrew for peace, and it's irony. We're going to talk about those two words today. The first one, and this is going to be on the screen most of the morning. Hit that, that slide there. Peace is the Hebrew word shalom. And it means uh, everything that God meant for you to be. Full human functioning. And this is the, the verse that um, Kelly just read. Isaiah 9, 6. When, when scripture calls Jesus the prince of peace, this is the peace that it's talking about. His job is to bring about Full human functioning. And um, I think that is important for us to connect with. It's, it's a, because, well, let me uh, hit, hit that next slide. I want to show you a, a song lyric. This is from 2003. And I think some of you, John, I'm glad you just walked in because you'll know this song. Um, and I didn't want to stand up here and have no one know this song. Does anybody know where those lyrics come from? read them. Can you hear it? If I was better, I would sing them to you. Lauren, you're nodding your head like you know what it's from. All right. Yes, good job. That's, uh, this is from, uh, it's from a song called "Mental" Live by Switchfoot from 2003. It was huge. It was the anthem of 2003. If you were in high school in 2003 or in college, you heard this song a lot. And fumbling his confidence and wondering why the world has passed him by. These lyrics are not peace. Hoping that he's bent for more than arguments and failed attempts to fly. You were created to be at peace. You're created to be at peace. And our sin has broken that peace, broken that shalom. I've heard other pastors call this shalom a rhythm. Sin has broken our, our rhythm, and so... We are left with lyrics like this, reaching, grabbing, knowing there's something better, knowing there's something more. Um, shalom is the culmination, turning brokenness into redemption. Um, grab your bulletin. You, I think everybody got, has a bulletin there, or was handed a bulletin when you walked in. Grab that. On that bulletin is a list of bullet points of things that get our mind thinking towards what this, what shalom really is. Shalom is... A glass of wine at the end of a hectic day. You ever been there? Kick your feet up. Shalom is watching your children play a sport or an instrument or do something that they love. And I want you to think maybe of, of these things. When you've seen this happen, uh, Shalom is the end of, of finals week. Who has been at the end of finals week? You know what I'm talking about? Who maybe just finished the end of finals week or who maybe has finals week like next week um shalom is something that we long like when i was writing this i'm thinking about finals week for me and, and thinking about man i just can't wait to get to the end of it because at the end of it is like three or four weeks off and so when you like you turn in the the, the last paper or, or or the last test like that feeling of just exhale that's shalom Like, you're meant to live there. Um, Shalom is a reconciled friendship. You ever been there? Or have you been there lately? Shalom is a good meal with good friends. Shalom is finding something wonderful in Scripture that just lights you up. Shalom is a job well done. You ever, for for me, when I think about this, this is like I finished cutting the grass and it just, like, it just looks good. And just kind of grab a drink and sit on the porch and, and look at how pretty the, the grass looks. That's Shalom. Um, shalom is holding the hand of someone you love. Ben, you said date night. That's sitting there holding the hand of someone you love. And, and this last, the last one in this there is really kind of at the heart of it. Shalom is loving and being loved. That's who... And where you were created. Um, so let's read the, our, our passage from Isaiah 9 again. In light of, of all of these things, what, what shalom is. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And by the way, this gift that's here in front of the table here is not here by, it's not as a, like a Christmas decoration. It's to, it's to bring your mind towards the fact that Jesus is a gift that God has given to you. I want you to, as we, as we think about shalom as, as peace and irony as peace, I want you to understand that these things are gifts that God has given to you. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. I love that word. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace um let's go to anybody want to go to seminary class for a second yes please say yes um thank you josh let's go to seminary class for a second there's something called that that we study in seminary called semantic domain all right so let's take that apart what what does semantic mean having to deal with words right Uh, so semantic and domain you guys domain might be an easier what does domain mean where something resides or lives okay so words mean different things different in different contexts where the words live the neighborhoods in which words live bring about a different meaning for the word example um woke up this morning frost on the windshield it's cold right it's cold it's been cold for a while um although it's going to be in the 50s today the sun's going to be out let's go play golf this afternoon um norm gets all excited there um so, but it's cold. So I was talking to my mom a couple weeks ago. She's in Florida for the for the winter, and she said, "Rick, it's so it's really cold here." You know what the temperature was? Fifty-five. Like mom, it's twenty here. Fifty-five was not cold. But I, listen to this. This I want. I need to get to my computer and show you these, Tell you these stats. There's a place. The coldest inhabited place on Earth is a place called Oymyakon in Russia. They have, by the way, they have 900... In the, in the 2010 census, there were 900 people that lived in Omayakon, Russia. The average low for the wintertime... Take a guess. What do you think it is? Negative 58. The average low temperatures, 58. On... Uh, where is it here? On February the 6th, 1933, it was negative 89.9 degrees negative 89.9 degrees they have never had a day a day at a high temperature above freezing between the de- the months of october 25th to march 17th in the history of the city they have never had the temperature above freezing for basically five months um this is this is what's funny. Um, It has to be negative 67 or colder to call off school. If it's negative 66, you're going to school. You're waiting by the bus stop. (laughs) I just think that's incredible. You woke up this morning and it was 20 degrees and you were cold. People from this place in Russia would tell you you don't know what cold is. Just like we would tell my mom, 55 degrees, that's not cold, mom. Semantic domain. The way where words where words live means something. Right? Cold to someone in Florida is not cold to someone in St. Louis. And cold to someone in St. Louis is not cold to some, someone in Omayakon, Russia. That's semantic domain. Words mean something in different places. So I say all that because when peace shows up in the word prince, a prince of peace brings a different semantic domain to the word peace when G- when god is calling jesus the prince of peace this is what he means it's like a kid walking into your house with muddy shoes everywhere he steps he's leaving a footprint of mud right or we have a dog whenever we and we put a towel by the back door when she goes out and it's rainy we come back in and we always wipe the dog's paws because if we don't she's going to track her her wet muddy prints all over the house all right this is the idea of, of prince of peace. Wherever Jesus goes, he's leaving the prince, P-R-I-N-T-S, he's leaving the prince of his peace. If I was a cheesy pastor, I would go like, like in a direction to say prince and prince and whatever. You can just go there yourself. Um, some of you are, are saying to yourself, you are a cheesy pastor. <laughs> Um, but Jesus being called the prince of peace is this He's the leader of peace He's the distributor of peace He's the giver of peace And it's not like he's making a decision to give off peace He is the prince of peace He's giving it away, laying it down um, With every step Jesus takes He's giving away peace A gift to us but wait a second. Shalom means restoring something to full human functioning. And Jesus has already came and lived and died and resurrected. All that already happened. So why don't I experience full human functioning today? Why is there pain in my life? Why do I need to get through finals week so I can exhale? Why do I need to reconcile with a friend? Why do I need to, like, there's not real, this is, there's no shalom here on this earth. The world is not yet set right. But what is set right is our relationship with God. And that's the gift of peace. This is the gift that Jesus has given to you at Christmas. Oppression still happens, it still exists. Bullies are around, selfishness still exists. And so therefore peace, this shalom is never going to be perfect here. This world has not yet been fully redeemed. Um, but the peace that Jesus has came, come to bring to you and your heart is that you—listen listen closely here, because this is a—we have an enemy, and his name is Satan, and his one weapon is to get us to believe something that's not true. And this is where I think God is wanting to combat non-truth in our lives— You, because of Jesus, you are fully welcome into the presence of God at all times. When you trust Jesus as your Savior, there will never, ever be a time where you are not welcome in the presence of God. Even in the midst of committing the sin that tangles you all the time, you are welcome in the presence of God because Jesus is the full and complete and final Prince of Peace. The shalom that we long for in this world is not here yet. The shalom that we think we want to see happen in this world has already happened in your soul because of Jesus. This is incredible news. And here's the thing, it's just news. It's not something that you have to do or be or try hard to do. It's just news. Jesus is the prince of peace, and he's given you everything that's needed to restore your your heart to God perfectly, always and forever. Now, what does this mean for us here in December of 2018? The application is twofold. One is for you to be fully and confidently engaged with God. It doesn't just have to be Christmas time where we light candles and have pretty stuff around us, and we we think about hope, joy, peace, and love. We think about the gifts that God has brought to us. We think about those. It doesn't just have to be Christmas. There is never, ever a time where you're not welcome in the presence of God. Be confident in who he is and what he's called you to But secondly, and here's the the active voice for you. The active voice for you of what peace means. You are called to be a prince, a semantic domain prince of peace. Going in and around and throughout your culture, spreading shalom. Um, Where... In your life, here's some rhetorical questions that I want you to, to really not just hear me say, but think about the answer. Where in your life can you be a prince of peace? I think by virtue of your being in this room this morning, that God is calling you in your life in a very specific place to be a prince of peace, where you leave the footprints of peace of shalom, everywhere you go, or in particular a very specific place that you go. Um, give you a little bit of help. Where can God call you to restore and bring something to full human functioning? It usually looks like forgiving someone, or giving somewhere out of your abundance, serving somewhere out of your abundance. Um. Where do you find yourself having a lot of something? Money, time, energy, abilities. Where, of, of those things, where do you find yourself having a lot of? Money, time, ability, energy. And then where in your world? Where is God called, like directed your heart, um, moved your heart, guided your heart? towards someone, somewhere, someplace, something that is in need there. Um, this afternoon, you guys have heard us talk about Mary. Mary is the lady whose daughter was, was, uh, was killed by gun violence, and she left six children, and now Grandma is Mary, and, and Mary is taking care of these six children. Uh, a month or so ago, we took them a, a bunch of beds and, and stuff from the sharing shed to help move them into their new house. This afternoon, Jen and Judy are going to be taking Mary to lunch and buying shopping for those grandchildren, Christmas gifts. And the reason that they're doing that is because people in this place have given, out of their abundance, into her need. It's a very real and very practical application for the people of North Church being princes and princesses of peace. And this is, Christmas is us seeing how Jesus, out of his abundance, came into our need and gave to us, something that we could not provide for ourselves. And the direct action for us is to see that and do that, and then be that. And this afternoon, Jen and Judy get to walk around this, this city with marry and have lunch and shop and talk and build a relationship and all that, but you send them with your prince and princesses. So um, Ben is going to pray over Jen and Judy. So um, Ben, why don't you just do that? So Jesus was our Prince of Peace, and now he sent us to be a Prince of Peace in our culture and in our climates and in our our circles, our spheres of influence. Um, You've been prayed for by Ben, and you've been prayed for by me leading up to this week that that God would show you where he's calling you to to be a Prince of Peace. Um, The second word, the New Testament word for peace, is the Greek word irene. And it means the tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot. Imagine that. Look at that. Just in, like the, imagine walking around the earth, living your life with, with this at, at the front of your brain so that when difficulty happens, when, when people make you angry, when, when, when you sin... When, when people sin against you, when politics happen, when frustration happens, when, when, when you lose a job, when you get a job, whatever. Imagine walking around this world with a tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation in Christ, knowing that nothing in this world can touch you, content with this earthly lot because you know what's in your future. This is peace. This is the peace that God has given to you through Jesus. And it's afforded to everyone who would just believe and trust in Jesus. Romans 5.1 uses this word. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace. It's a possession. We have it. We hold it. It's ours. We have this possession of peace this tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever, whatever, whenever, anything, whatever is happening, you have peace with God as a possession through our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 7 also uses this word. And the peace... Of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever known anyone that just life can't hurt them? Ever been envious of someone that's like that? Like they're just happy or they're just like life breaks them down and they still get up and move forward. Have you ever known anybody like that? When, when God says he's given you peace, it just goes beyond your ability to comprehend. And this word surpasses, is the, the word picture is, is like a life preserver and thrown beyond your reach. Like imagine you someone is in the water drowning and you throw a life preserver and it goes beyond their reach, like you can't reach it. This is peace that God has given to you. And it's not just peace. Usually we see this verse in this context. Man, that person is just, I just can't understand how they can be at peace. Usually we think about it, it's somebody else has the peace that passes understanding. At Christmas, when Jesus comes to be the Prince of Peace, to give you peace, to bring you peace, it's for you to have. It's not a gift for somebody else. It's a gift for you. Martin Luther, talking about Romans 5.1, the apostle here means spiritual peace. This peace consists of a properly appeased conscience and confidence with God. A properly appeased and conscious. So there's, like, guilt is something that our enemy gives to us, and, and makes us deal with and wrestle with. But the peace that God has given to us chases that away. You always have access to God. After the comma there. Just as conversely, the lack of peace means spiritual anxiety, a disturbed conscience and mistrust of God, Jesus came to remove all of that. And here, here's the thing. I know by virtue of, of the number of people that are in this room, there's someone here who is... At this end of the spectrum, really confident and, and trusting that God is who he said he is, and He has done what he said he did, and I have complete access to God, and I can, I can pray at any time. But there's also probably someone here who's like, I just, I feel no, no confidence. I feel no right to be in the presence of God. Or maybe I, I know that I have no confidence. I know that I have no right to be in the presence of God. Maybe you live here a lot. And probably we're all somewhere in the spectrum somewhere. But here's the, the, the promise of peace that Jesus came to bring you is we all live here. Whatever it is you think about yourself and how God views you, whatever it is you think about that, if it's not here that you have complete and utter access at all times and all ways to the throne of Jesus Christ then you're wrong. You're there every time, at all times. Um, I want to close with this story. There's a a friend of mine, uh, I think it it paints this picture good, there's a a friend of mine who uh, was in college 10, 15 years ago, and he was delivering pizza for Papa John's, that was his job, and uh, he was a huge NBA fan, and he followed this team called the Phoenix Suns. And they were in the, the Western Conference Finals. And because they were in the Western Conference, they were in the Western time zone, their game started at like 9 o'clock. And he would get off work at about 11, 11.30. And I said, come over to my house. Feel free to, to hang out. We'll be in bed and you won't wake us up. Feel free to come over. I'll DVR the game and you can watch the game. And he said, great, I'll do that. So game six happens. And it's a seven-game series. The Suns have to win this game in order to, to keep going. Game six happens. He comes over. He watches the game, and it's like a really exciting game. They win the game at, at the buzzer, And but he's sitting there on my sofa, like just like really quiet, and he will wa- like it's this no volume in the game, and he's really nervous that he's going to wake us up, and uh, or or worse yet, wake my kids up, and by the way, at that time, my kids would like sleep through a tornado, um, and it's just, so he's worried, that, and he doesn't really fully engage the game, this exciting incredible game. So um, I, I call him the next day, I ask him, hey, how to, how to go, did you, did you come over, did you enjoy the game, yeah, it was so great, but I, did, I didn't have the volume up because I was really nervous I'd wake you up, and, and I just, I really didn't feel like I really enjoyed the fullness of the game because I was afraid that I was going to wake you up, and I said, man, we're gonna, if you wake us up, we'll go back to sleep. If you wake us up, it'll probably because it's exciting, I'm going to come watch it anyway. And, and so don't worry. Just enjoy the game. Listen to it on volume. You're not going to wake us up. Enjoy the game. So, and I said, you, need, you really need to understand what I'm inviting you to. You can, what's, what's here, what's, what's mine is yours. Come and enjoy it. So they win game six. Game seven happens. What happens for game seven? Incredible game. Um, exciting game. And I call my friend the next day. And i say what what'd you think about the game and he's like i didn't i didn't watch it um I didn't even come over i felt felt bad like I was like overstaying my my welcome and like i you were just saying what you said to be nice uh so i didn't I didn't even see it. I just checked the this the score on on ESPN.com later and and saw that that they won and so I didn't even come over and i said, man you need to understand like I, I want to give to you, and and that idea, that illustration, that metaphor is perfect for what God has given to you. If you if you don't engage all that God is and all that God has given to you, it's only because you don't understand the invitation. If you sit and, and think about the proverbial nature of of the volume down or not even watching the game and not coming over. It's only because my friend didn't understand the invitation that i given to him. And here's the invitation that God has given to you. I've done everything that's necessary so that you might be in full relationship with me. Your eternity is secure simply by trusting in who Jesus is. Let's, uh, let's just stop and, and celebrate that fact. Um, By the way, I'm going to pray. Um, God is cool enough that you don't have to bow your head and close your eyes. He still hears your prayer. Um, So I just encourage you to maybe look around the room and think about the gifts that God has given to you. And this is here. Imagine the peace that God has given to you. Um, as I pray. Um, God, thank you for your gifts. Um, God, thank you for peace. God, I pray for each of us here in this room where we are on the spectrum to understand the gift that you've given to us. of peace. Father, I thank you that you sent your son as the Prince of Peace to lay the residue of your peace all around this this earth, Father. God, I pray for, for Jen and for Judy as they go and be princesses of peace today, Father. Lord, I pray for us as we go about our worlds, Lord, that we would Be so engaged with the peace that you've given to us that where we go, we're leaving peace with every step, God. But more than that, Father, I pray you would pour courage into our lives and into our hearts and into our brains and our spirits that we might know the peace that you offer. God, draw us into your presence um, now, Father. Thank you so much for this incredible, eternal, everlasting peace that you've given to us through Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.